Hey bro, you want to collab? Do the intro, Austin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to X Reverb. This is episode 20. Today, I'm Dude, is it bad by... that for the first little second, I thought it was actually Austin doing that? <laughs> yes! I Hello, figured it would. Everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome I, to Extra Reverb. I perfected the craft of mocking Austin. New year, not new us. We are back as Extra Reverb. Me, world famous secret. Back again with Coker, a.k.a. Sweet Tuesday. Hello. And Jacob, a.k.a. Lucid Domino. I don't think Sweet Tuesday is very sweet. It's been a while since we did our last episode. No, I don't episode. think you're a domino. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? I hate you. I hate you. The beef is real this time, guys. Speaking of hate, everybody now has uh, purchased some sort of gear that is uh, shared with somebody else. Okay, that was a bad transition. Let's just get right into it. What? Jacob and I I'm both bought... What do you mean by that? Well, okay. Jacob and I now have the same headphones. And Jacob oh, and yes. you have the same microphone. Oh, okay, yeah. Which do we want to discuss first? So Jacob bought a piece of gear from, like, that... We each... Me and Austin both got a piece of gear that Jacob also owns. Yeah. So which do we want to talk about first? Uh, we did. Queerness. I want to talk about my new microphone. If I sound fancier and bassier, it's because I got an SM7B. Yes, SM7B. that's right. One of the Golden SM7B. Boy microphones SM7B. for podcasting. I have SM7B. it. And Coker is a huge hater. And in fact, SM7B. I want to quit the podcast simply because he didn't SM7B. know what it was. I had to remind him. <laughs> He's a terrible person. Yeah, he didn't know what an SM7B was. And Jacob didn't know who Slash was. No, that's true. this is what I said. At first, I didn't know, and then I started thinking, and then I said, I'm not going to say it because it's kind of inappropriate, but I said it kind of looks like that uh, thing, you know. He thought it looked kind of phallic when, if, yeah. in my opinion, it's that it very in no way does. Looking, like, I think you're dumb. That. I'm sorry. I, I think you're dumb. And then ever since then, I've been going, SM7B, SM7B. Is that why your parents kicked you across the street? <laughs> <laughs> I left my own accord like men do. Men who own SM57. It's like the Sokovia Accords, but except it was like the Coker Accords. And it's like, hey, the we Sokovia hate you. You're so Accords. annoying. So he, he has to go across the street. If he doesn't abide by it, he'd be trespassing and will go to jail. The Sokovia Accords. That the should what? be the name the for your new studio, man. What, what did you just say? Just call it the Sokovia Accords. The Sokovia? What is that? Should it be like Sokoker Accords? What is that? It's a parody of Sokovia from the Avengers. Yeah, but what does Koki mean? Austin, I'm not a nerd. I don't watch Avengers. All That's right. why it should be so I watch, I watch I watch real men's shows like Neon Genesis Evangelion Ooh. and Spun and Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. And Thomas the Tank Engine, let's go. <laughs> let's and even go. though it's not from Lynn anymore. <laughs> We're producing a podcast with a genuine child. I want that disclaimer to be out there. <laughs> Uh yeah, his name's Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Jacob. His his cousin is Billy Corgan. Yeah. You know what, Coker, for your birthday, I was gonna have Billy come down and hang out with you, but never mind. <laughs> you know, you know, I was about to have Tom DeLong come down and I don't I don't know, do whatever we whatever you do. Like 
whatever it is you do. I don't know what you do in your spare time. Billy. We should not be saying this. We could get sued. Do not. Speaking <laughs> of. Divert oh, disclosure. Speaking. Extra reverb is in no way affiliated with Billy Corgan or Tom DeLong. But we like their music. Uh, so. I beg to differ. They're our cousins. <laughs> Speaking of Sokokia chords, though, do you want to tell us about your studio setup now? Yeah. Yes. I actually have a video up on my channel. I saw it's it. updated a bit. I'm going to be updating it constantly, but I'm opening up a studio across the street from my house and I'm charging $5 an hour to the locals here to record stuff. And, um, uh, hold up. Car's passing. I'm going to just pause for a minute. Hey, while you pause, I have one last thing to say. Instead of the MCU, it's the ERU, the Extra Reverb Universe. And part of that nice. universe is that Billy Corgan and Tom DeLong is our cousins. All right, continue. He charges us 10 bucks. All right, the car is, yeah, the car is passed. Us. We don't record in the passed. same studio. All right, so back to what I was saying. Okay, so I set up a studio across the street from my house, and I'm charging $5 an hour. Oh, I meant car. Really? Cars are bad. I need to get soundproofing and stuff. All right, but no. I so, don't even hear it. <laughs> You'll, you know, it might be just me. Okay, well, just for the sake of that, Austin, I'm sorry. This is going to be... Coker's paranoid. Yeah, I mean, I'm paranoid. Um... But, uh, so that's what I say. Um, so I set it up. A, sorry. I set up a studio across the street from my house, and um, I'm charging $5 an hour for the locals here to record stuff. And for, for you know, comparison, there's a studio in one of the, in the city where my school is, uh, about 30 minutes away that has half the equipment I do, and they're charging $30 an hour. I'm charging five. And you, that tells you something. And most big studios will charge you a couple hundred an hour. But um, it has some good stuff in it. Uh, a lot of it is stuff from across the street at my house. A lot of it, my mixers from my house, uh, my s monitors, which are some, not really monitors. They're this little, like, Philips set of speakers with 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 cutout holes in the back, sadly. Um, a couple of my mics are from across the street. My two amps, my tube amp, and my Fender Champion 100 are brought Reflex. over from there. And I brought also also brought all my guitar pedals as well over. And uh, if you watch the video, you can see some stuff. I'll, you'll see the basic setup. But um, the, some updates that I've done is, one, I bought a new heater because the AC isn't working. So uh, we're having to use like little plugged-up desktop oh, heaters. Oh, space heaters? Yeah. yeah. Hey, space then, heaters um, are legit, though, man. Yeah, no. The only problem is they're noisy, which is the only problem. But um, oh, yeah. then uh, I bought a shelf for my guitar pedals uh, so I can put them somewhere aside from on the desk where the mixing console and everything is. And, yeah, uh, I should get that too. It, it's really nice. I want to... What I want to do is I want to get some... Because my mom has some industrial blankets from when they were... Because she had to build prom for my school one year and they had a bunch of blankets and stuff industrial blankets were so really thick ones and we want to get those and nail those up to the wall not only to make it look a little nicer to get rid of the because it's the walls are painted blue as it is right now and we want it to be a bit more of like a typical studio look and so she's gonna what are they like packing blankets yeah and we're, we're thinking of either i'm thinking of either we're thinking of hanging those up on the wall to sort of soundproof it because you know industrial blankets can do that if you hang them up it can do some really good stuff for acoustics and it can keep all noise in and keep all noise out, you know, in that sort of way. And I'm close to it. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know. But yeah, that's it for about my studio. I mean, 
y'all want to ask any questions about it, I mean. So you just basically brought all your gear into the studio, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, do you have it all in one room? I think that's what I saw in the video, though. Yeah. Either in one room or in the closet for that room. Yeah, and that closet has my tube amp in it. So I'm sort of using it as an isolation booth for that tube amp. Yeah, I was just about to amps. I was just about to advise you to do that actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing cuz there's nothing else cuz I've tried to use it as an isolation booth for my vocals, but for it's some reason small. the way that room No, it's not that. For some reason the way the room is set up, it sounds like you're in an air like an air vent when you're in there. And well, it doesn't it's probably have that, because there's just no treatment in there, right? Yeah. There probably is, but you'll it, need some it doesn't do that anyways. Yeah. It doesn't do that with the guitar amp. So, you know, it's not nearly I don't know, man. I bet it does. It just you just don't notice it because of A, you have the guitar amp mic'd up really close, and B, it's just so loud. But I bet it does that anyways. Is, that is a factor. Well, yeah, but um right now it's not really noticeable. And I've actually been I really like using the SM fifty seven. I really like using that for the guitar amps as well as my vocals, which is why I'm using it now. And because it's just very versatile. And uh, for the first time ever, I've been actually able to mic the Fender Champion and actually get a good sound out of it, which I'm really happy about, you know. But, oh, really? Um, what were yeah, you using I wanted, on it before? I was using the ribbon mic. The ribbon? Yeah. And it's just, it, and it just wasn't it. working. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work very well with the amps for some reason, that particular one. And then I use this and it works amazing. You know, funny little fun fact, I learned the ribbon mic is actually the one that behaves the most like a human ear. Did you yeah. know that? Which one? I think, the ribbon I think mic. you've said that before. I think you've Maybe mentioned I have. that before to us. But, I mean, that sort of makes sense because you don't put your ear right up next to a guitar amp. Yeah. So, That's true. maybe you could use the ribbon mic as like a room mic. For yeah, the I think that... What I wanted to do is I really wanted to have a cool setup where I wanted to have the a speaker because there's this part of the house that is very long. It's very scary. I hate. That's the one thing I hate about this house is because there's nobody else in here most of the time. It gets really eerie and un, I get really uncomfortable. You know, most of the, a lot uh, sometimes. And the worst thing is the the kitchen uh, area because the kitchen is always lights out in there. Because I, you know, my know myself, I'll forget to turn them back on, and. Another thing, too, is because it's so cold now, we've actually been keeping the sink just a tiny bit running. So I'll be sitting there, and I just hear, like, like dripping from the sink, and it scares the ever-loving crap out of me. And But I wanted to do in that room was, because it's such a long room, you know, I wanted to have a speaker on one end and have a mic on the other and get a really long XLR cable and see if I could do some sort of, like, cool chamber reverb type stuff with it. You know, I think it'd be fun to do that. I bet you could. I could do that. I've done it before. I did it in my parents' bathroom across, you know, at my actual house. I did that I one time. That. I, I took a sound bar and I put it up hmm. to the their shower. I put a microphone on the other end and just played it through there, and it worked amazing. And so, didn't use it, but it worked really well, you know. But that, that's it about my studio. That's really all I can say. So, are you planning on using like the whole house as a studio? Um, nah. Uh, some of it is some of it there's some rooms in here that have a lot of stuff in there you know from like a, our house because sometimes we've used some of the rooms as storage for things and a lot so there's some rooms that i can't use because it's just filled up with old stuff there's one room i really want to use though and i can't right now 
it's on the second floor and it has literally like every six feet there's an outlet which is amazing for a studio and it's upstairs so there's not a lot of noise and stuff but the biggest problem it's humid because the ac isn't working you know so i don't want to keep all my equipment in a humid room especially when it gets in the summer because it won't be bad on the bottom floor where i'm at right now but it will be horrendous on that second floor yeah that's cool man you know, what keeps you from, like, just, like, straight up living in there? Because if it was me personally, Not a lot. You know, there's gonna... a mattress. There's an old, there's a mattress from across, the, from at our house that we took out of one room and put it in, put it over here. All I got to do, all I would have to do is just bring some sheets and, a, like, some covers and stuff. I could literally sleep out here if I really wanted to. I got a projector in here that my parents don't use. You know, my parents only use it for special events, so they keep it over here. And I have an HDMI thing for my MacBook, so all I'd have to do is just plug it up with the HDMI cord that I have over here, and I could watch movies and stuff out here and chill. I could. I really want to do that, though. I've actually thought about doing that, buying a mini fridge, like a microwave and bringing it over here so I could just chill over here and record music and be away from all the stuff at my house I got to deal with. But Yeah, you you know, my thing is, too, is that I am an adult. I got my own stuff going on, so it's like I could use that as my opportunity. Like, you know what? I don't live in the house anymore. I kind of got my own thing going on and i think that'd yeah. be pretty cool yeah no in other words let us move in please <laughs> i don't care dude there's plenty of rooms here we could dude imagine that the, the sour weed house the extra reverb the extra re-villa extra re-villa extra re-villa yeah i like that. A villa, you know but um yeah that's it you know unless you guys have any more questions about it that's really it about the studio i have a ton of What's questions your... yeah what why? Because I wanted to. I think that's the only question I had. Thanks. <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> I have some guitars and stuff I brought. I brought my Hofner bass over here. I brought my SG and I brought my Strat. And uh, I only have my Strat over here. I'm bringing my Strat over here again later on in the week probably. But um, yeah, it's cool. I got some new stickers for my Strat, by the way, which we can segue. We could talk about that when we talk about our Christmas stuff. But yeah, you can see the picture of what I did to my strat with my Christmas stuff, but I'll show that later. We can show that later when we talk about Christmas. All right. Yo, um, real talk, when are you going to get a, a Les Paul? Dude, I'm oh. looking at a Les Paul right okay, now. This is the thing that. is, what do you think On the Bottom of the Ocean was recorded with? You have a Les Paul? No, it's my sister's. It's right-handed. That's why I don't ever use oh. it. Mm, I thought... Does she have a Gibson or I thought that or was your Epiphone? SG. Look... It's an Epiphone. It's an Epiphone. Les Pauls are the absolute worst right guitar for playing opposite. If you're left-handed, you better get a left-handed Les Paul because it's going to suck playing a right-handed Les Paul yeah. as a lefty because your hand is always going to be in the spot where the knobs are. And on a Strat, you don't have to worry about it. You can just move your arm a bit to get over that. But on a Les Paul, it's so uncomfortable to move it that you literally just have to deal with it. Like, like I've been playing... I've played songs before with that Les Paul of my sister's where I unknowingly have rolled the entire tone knob off on one of the pickups. <laughs> so it's awful. That's, That's why funny. I never use it. But I ha- she has, it's her Les Paul, but I don't, I, I've used it from time to time. That's funny. Well, all right. I guess the next thing we should talk about is um, Christmas loot. We'll start with one thing, though, that we wanted to talk about even before Christmas, because... One thing that I got for Christmas is something that Jacob bought for himself a couple weeks beforehand. Those are the Sennheiser HD 650s, and Let's we've been singing go. their praises. Oh, I love them. Oh, I love it. I think that they are 
Very, very, very nice sounding headphones. Here, here's and, the thing uh, you guys got to know. They're like VR, but for your ears. They're so good. <laughs> no, I mean, like, what I like about them is that they pretty much, they have like a direct sound, very direct sound, like direct to your ears. Like any good set of headphones, they just sound better. Like, I can't yeah. really explain it. They just sound better. The th- the one thing I dislike about these is that um, I've been kind of spoiled when it comes to like build quality because for the last three years, I've used the Biodynamic DT770 Pros. And as anybody that has ever used those will tell you, those things are built like a tank. And they're also built very, very comfortably to wear. Compared to them, the 650s feel like they could fall apart any second. And you know it's the truth, Jacob. I wouldn't like, say they feel compare like them, cheap, even comparing cheap. to the HD two eighties. Yes, they, they feel like feel... they're about to, like it feels like the the uh, plastic band between the two um, cans. It just like is not is uh, like the like the headphones deserve better. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I was going to say that it's just. Oh, hang on, I'll let you go in a second. But uh, it's just like my eleven hundred dollar Mojave MA two hundred microphone coming with a worse shock mount than the $50 Behringer C1. I use the Behringer C1 shock mount with my MA200. I never use the actual Mojave shock mount because it just, it's just, it just feels weak. It feels like they skipped on that. And that's kind of how it feels with the HD650's um, band. But other than that, they're fantastic. Anyways, go on. Yeah, I agree that that band, uh, it's the it's the adjustment band. It, it is the cheapest part of it. It's is it plastic? It has to be. It has to be plastic. If it's on not top. plastic, it's a really thin piece of sheet metal. Well, um, let me and go, I am a little go, scared uh, when I take them on and off. I am afraid that if I too, like if I'm too rigid, like throwing them on my desk uh, when I'm done using it, you know, after <laughs> continuous use, it would break after a while. Um, but that's not to say that they're not great headphones uh they just they are a little cheaper when it comes to build quality but when you come to sound you're not really missing out they're still a fantastic headphone yeah and they're not i want to say they feel like they're not incredibly cheap like but they are for the price they're not as well built as you'd think because for another like you know like a hundred dollars or two you can get the new apple uh airpod maxes which is made out of metal. Hold on, hold on. We'll talk about those in a second. But anyway, uh, they do feel... They're great, though. They're great headphones, the uh, 650s. Yeah, let's keep talking about what we got for Christmas. That's about all I got. Um, you guys want to talk about more of what you got for Christmas? We uh, should have brought Michael Drake on the podcast. We can flex dude, his Michael freaking Drake, Michael Apollo Drake, Twin X. Michael Drake followed me on Twitter the other day, I noticed. That's good. He's trying to he recruit you. you for. It's scary. It scared me. I was like, Actually, hey, you gonna... know what? We'll get to that in yeah, a second we'll talk too. Talk about that later. But I got some beef with Jacob. All right. First, uh, please tell us more about what you got for Christmas, both of you. Start with Jacob. I'm gonna go first because I know I know Coker got a lot. I, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I basically got nothing for Christmas, or at least nothing fancy. Uh, I did have my dad get me a um, an amp for my head. It's like a headphone. Uh, uh, amp and DAC combo. It's the Fio BTR5. 
which those worked great. But I was like, you know what? Can you uh give me this is a refund it, give me the money for it? And I got myself the Fio K5 instead. Uh just because it just seemed like um it, it was able to actually drive uh 300 ohms a little better. And it's just uh it's how do I say this? It's form factor. Yes, it's form factor just worked better in my case. You know, you had to turn the BTR5 on and off if you want to use it. No, that's a big no for me. I Whenever it comes to a point, it's like I have to like go out of my way to use something. It keeps me from wanting to use it. That's why I can't have guitars and guitar cases. Or I can't have, I don't know, Reason's DRM being offline. So I have to wait for it to like work again before I can make music. Yeah. Uh, so I got the K5 instead, which wasn't that much more. Worked great. Uh, but the weird thing is Austin doesn't even use an amp for his 650s. And he says they're fine. So I don't know, man. Maybe I got an amp for no reason. Yeah, I've never understood this, but like, I've never used a headphone amp. I've just always plugged directly into the interface, which technically, the interface does have its own headphone amp. So this is a lot less weak, or a lot, a lot less, less powerful. What am I saying? More weak. Yes. If only there was a word that meant more weak. I know, man. It just it sucks. Like, you know how there's a word that means more strong? Stronger? Yes. If only there was a word that meant more weak. Yeah, I can hit up my, uh, I have some connections at Merriam Dictionary. Maybe they can kind of hook us up. Oh, really? Billy Gorgon works at Merriam-Webster Dictionary? Uh, he doesn't, but his brother does. Oh, cool. Yeah. And by Merriam, uh, Dictionary, I mean, uh, Merriam-Webster, but I'm sure you guys knew what I meant. But yeah, I mean, my uh, my 250-ohm GC770s, my 300-ohm HD650s, I've just always plugged them into the interface, and I've never had to make it really that loud. I know that if I wanted, like, extreme dynamic range, yeah, I would need that headphone amp, which would have, like, a much heavier resistance itself, or something like that. I don't even know how it works, to be honest. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't care. I can, I can hear it. That's the way pretty much the important yeah, thing. Yeah. The way I think about it, it's just like, oh, more ohm, more power. You know, my amp is actually you need to plug it in uh to a wall outlet, which I do have plugged in. Um for I, I do have I I did get the six fifties work with my focus right solo. It's just um I just have to turn the volume knob up pretty much all the way, but it works fine. And see that I don't get because I don't have to do that. I have when I use my 650s with my uh, Focusrite Scarlett... Are you using Focusrite? Um, yeah, I like when I use it with my Focusrite Scarlett uh, third generation, 2i2 third generation, the highest that I really have to turn it is like halfway for like basic use and operation whenever I'm producing. And then whenever I'm like on the RA Thunderbolt T4, I think I don't even have to turn it halfway to use it for the 650s. Uh, well, that strikes a question with me. Uh, since you're using the third generation, I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that it is Type C, and so I'm guessing you're doing Type C to Type C. So I wonder if that provides that more would power? make sense. Except that would make sense. Except um, I don't have to. And actually, it doesn't. It's not Type C to Type C. It doesn't plug straight into the computer. I need an adapter to use this to use with this cable. It could, 
but that's not the kind of cable that came with it. Um, and also, that would not explain why I don't have to do it with the Thunderbolt either. Mm-hmm. But oh well. Very cool, very cool. Just oddities. Yeah. Oddities, man. Maybe I just got a really uh, faulty set of headphones that doesn't actually have 300 ohms. And the 770s well, do you know what don't else have I got for 250 Christmas? ohms. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, mm-hmm. go on. I also got my SM7B, which we already covered, but I got that like a few days before Christmas. So that was uh, that was ah. technically more of a Christmas gift for me. And then I had to get the cloud lift for it, uh, which is great, by the way. <laughs> I also got a new when guitar. I... I got a Gibson ES333, except it's just it's just a it's just a model. It's not an actual guitar. But no, uh, yeah, I got the uh, Tom DeLonge sold the uh, his uh, signature guitar, uh, just we like the uh, the Strat I got. I don't think we talked about this on X Reverb, did we? We talked about you got something of his. I you said I got you got a Strat, Strat model. Long. Remember the signed yeah, Strat? Strat? I I got I got the Gibson now. That one's not signed. It's not as cool. Um. Ah. But it's pretty cool little. I'll send a picture so you can put it on screen if you want. But this this yeah. is uh before we get to Coker, I guess. Uh I was thinking about getting a Epiphone ES uh 335. And in fact, I might actually do that a after real one. we finish recording. A real one, not a model this time. Uh it looks awesome. I want it. Also, Coker, I do have a question for you. Should I get a distortion pedal first or an overdrive pedal? <laughs> I say overdrive. I'd say I like get overdrive. A, well, actually, I know, hang on. I know. Hang on. Doesn't your uh, Fender Champion have a drive the, yeah, channel? Yeah, the, the Fender Champ has a drive channel. I would say get no. I would say get a big muff. Get a big. I know that. I know. Well, yeah, that, the, obviously, he's going to say get a big muff. I know that's been. I've been the ambassador of those for a bit, but I'm being genuine. Big muffs are probably the best pedal to start off when you want to get distortion, because they're right. they're very much because they're called fuzz pedals, but. That's only because the guy who owns Electro Harmonics literally calls every effect that's distortion. He calls them all fuzz. The, it really is more of like an in-between point between fuzz and distortion. So get, get a big muff. I think you should uh, get which it. Ones, which one do you have? Do you have the uh, I have a the well, orange well, can, one? Can, actually, do you think I should use this as a segue to talk about my Christmas stuff? Because I got a yes. couple big muffs. For, that's that's also right. why I asked. Before yeah, you do, uh, though, I yeah. want to make one more joke. I want to buy an SM7B as well. When I yes, do... SM7B! SM7B! Guess what? I'm not going to buy a cloud lifter. I'm just going to plug it straight into the interface just to make Jacob feel bad about buying <laughs> it. <laughs> no, man. Okay, I did use and my... It's going to work, too. It's going to work if these headphones are any indication. I, I have... I think I did try that, but you need, a, you need like a lot of gain to do that. And it introduces more noise because... You know, obviously, the more gain you have yeah. uh, dialed in on your f- interface, the more noise it induces. It will work. I'm just going to say that now. It will work. You don't have to get a cloud lift, okay? I will beat you up. <laughs> All right. Is this, is this, is this going to be our new thing? Like, I'm going to buy something cool. I'm like, hey, I got this cool thing aside with it to kind of, like, help it. And, and then you're just going to buy the same thing, but not buy the extra thing. Like, hey, hey, look, Jacob. Hey, you, hey, got, you don't need that. Hey, you're an idiot. Hey, you got a guitar amp? Well, guess what? I can just play guitar without a guitar amp. I don't need no guitar amp. <laughs> I don't even hey, know you why need, I bought it. You got a, yeah, you, you, got a, you got a computer? I don't need no computer. I, I just, 
I just I dream a, up the I music. I just from the dream up the music in my head, and then it appears directly on SoundCloud right out of my mind. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah, he, he edits the podcast in his mind. Whoa! No, it's like the it's like the 1930s. Like, oh, Jacob, you got a record player? Look at me! I got an Edison wax cylinder disc. <laughs> Dude, I need to get a vinyl player or a record player, dude. I have like like eight, not eight, like five vinyls now, maybe six. But I don't have a record player at all. True. Can I can I talk about my Christmas stuff now? Can we can we get on to that? Go. No. Let's have it. Right. Oh look, Coker's showing a stupid face. I am what headphones are those? You can't even see. I'm using these are the cheap, the cheap uh audio technicas that I bought. Just solely to monitor stuff. Hey, so they, they don't the, they don't compare to Austin and I's six fifties while you nah, pub. Nah, nah, they're better. Okay, yeah. to be fair though, Austin and I aren't using the six fifties <laughs> right now because we can't. They're open back headphones. Oh, that's a whole different discussion. I'm sure we've talked about. No, but but open um, back that headphones. That is one thing I did want to say about those though. It's kind of funny. Um, I was pretty pleasantly surprised by how little they actually leak. I was kind of surprised by that. But anyways, all right, go on, Coker. So, uh, talking about what I got for Christmas. So, <sighs> I keep thinking you guys can hear the cars passing. Um, but how so, loud are the car? Like, are you like on the road? I am. Yeah, I am. They have to like swerve around your house. Like, oh! like I can, I can, I can. <laughs> ah! No, Coker. Oh, he's in the house. I, can... I don't want to beat him. No, Coker. I don't want to pay five dollars to go in your studio. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can literally hear the cars trap. passing through my headphones. Like, I have my headphones on and I can still hear them. No, What's but, weird um, too okay, is you're so, using the freaking SM57, so it's like you think you'd hear it less. Yeah. No, but uh, I can't hear them through the mic. I'm hearing them just because of how loud they are. I can hear them oh. actually... Like through the, not through my headphones, but like, like the as if the headphones weren't on, I can still. Yeah, hear I thought them. you were monitoring, but, um, it and I was like, "Well, how?" Yeah, no, 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 I'm not. Um, so what I got for Christmas? All right, uh, okay, so I can show Austin and them this, but I can't show you guys. So Austin's gonna have to put a picture on the screen of whenever, you know, whatever pedal I'm getting, because I got a bunch of guitar pedals. Dude, Coker, you should get the uh, the windscreen for the SM57, like me. Yeah, well, guess what? I got SM7B, SM7B. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, so boy. what I got for Christmas. No, okay. I'm serious. Well, guess what? I'm serious. Shut up. All right. It's a cool windscreen. <laughs> you need to seriously... How about this? You need to seriously shut up so I can say stuff. All right. And give, get a sense You know, it's kind of nice having an episode where, like, you're just, like, not talking. Uh, I just farted. All right, I, no. Can I, can I say, though? Your XLR what? cable looks like my guitar cable. So, you know, yeah. I wonder right. well, it's the same company. So, what I got for Christmas, all right, bunch of pedals. So, I'll start off with the pedals. So, uh, I got... I'll show it for them. Uh, I'll show it for Austin and them. This You can screenshot this. How about you screenshot it? I got the... This is the New York City Big Muff, the NYC Big Muff. It, so, it's like... So, what are the differences? So... Is it like parallel compression? Uh, Hey, that's components. actually a good question, but I don't think so. Dif different components. It's the, uh, so the Big Muff uses a different type of transistor or capacitor. I don't know which one. It's the difference between a capacitor and a transistor. 
Um, the Big Muff uses a transistor and capacitor, or just a transistor to distort stuff. Op-amp Big Muff uses an op-amp chip, which gives you a different sound than from this. Yo, so <clears throat> is that the one I should get? Yes, get that one, because I got the big, I got the op-amp one first, and the op-amp one is great and all, but I think the NYC one's a great start because it just looks cool, too. It's a cool pedal yeah, to start I, off I with. thought it looked cool. Let me also ask, so what exactly is overdrive? Because obviously I know what a yeah, distortion so does. So overdrive, I, I um, get the I I can obviously hear what an overdrive does, but what is like the official like? So here's exactly yeah, what it's doing. So uh, overdrive basically as a pedal, it's not this overdrive as a pedal is not the same thing as overdrive on an amp. Um, so overdrive on a pedal is using transistors and a bunch of other components I can't name to basically it overdrives it overloads those it's so loud that it overloads those things and it creates the distortion sound it's the same thing with a fuzz but a fuzz does it heavily compared to an overdrive which does it pretty light and um and so the difference though is that's a pedal and that's using transition stuff when you're using a guitar amp uh not counting solid state we're not talking about solid i'm talking about tube amps when you're using a tube amp it's the tubes getting overloaded because those tubes can only handle so much volume, you know, and if you overload them, it creates that whole distorted sound that's overdrive. Fuzz is using transistors, but so is so is so is an overdrive pedal, but an overdrive pedal does it very lightly, so you know. But um, I'll get on to the next pedal I have. This is the uh, MXR Blue Box. Put it up to the screen. Uh, uh, basically, it's another fuzz pedal, but it uses a. Uh, it use it sounds different. The fuzz itself sounds different. The fuzz itself sounds very square wavy, you know, which I love about it. And uh, but it, it does a thing. You can see there. You have a volume, an output knob, which is useless because it only subtracts volume. It doesn't add to it. So you know you always have it at the end, at full max. But then you have that blend one, and that blend, what the blend does, what this does is it takes your guitar and takes it two octaves down and then puts fuzz on it. And so when you turn the blend knob, you're blending between the dry signal and the two octaves down. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's completely analog. There's no digital working on it. So when you actually listen to it, it sounds like an 8-bit video game, you know, because of how weird it sounds. Um, I'll probably record some... I could probably record some demos after that we record this podcast, Austin, and sort of slip them in there real quick. But um, yeah... But yeah. And uh, Jimmy Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin used one of these, and it's a very nice. And the guy from the Melvins used one. He used just the standard fuzz sound, and uh, it's cool. The only problem is the two octaves down because it's analog is monophonic, which means that uh, that you know, if, if for people who don't know, I'm sure you guys know, it means you can't play more than one note, and the and even then it's still super sensitive. So the way you get a good sound out of this which Jimmy Page is the one who figured this out, is you completely cut all the high end because it can't handle a lot of high end. You cut all the high end and then you set on the neck pickup and you cut all the tone knob off. You roll the tone knob off on your guitar as well. And if you do all that, you can get a pretty smooth, accurate tracking with the two octaves down. Other than that, though, it's, you know, no man's line. You could get a great sound or a completely awful sound with this thing, and I love it. I would assume that's because it has less harmonics to track and like more 
the more percentage of the actual incoming sound is the fundamental, which is the note that's being transposed. Yeah, and uh, I don't understand why, but you know, it's it's how it is, and I don't you that you're probably right, but uh, yeah. So then I'm gonna get onto some more pedals. This is uh the JHS Supreme Fuzz. I love this pedal so much. It's like such a great seventy-two. Yeah, Japan. It's based on the. Uh, it's another fuzz. It's based on the Super Fuzz by. Uh, dang, I can't remember the name now. I should be able to remember the name. Uh, it'll come to my head. But it's a. Uh, it's basically this really cool oct. It's sort of weird. It. It sort of is an octave fuzz. I don't know what to call it, but um. It. It's really fun to work with because you can get, if you play with it enough, Univox, that's the name of the company who made the Super Fuzz, by the way. Um, but if you play with it enough, because you have, um, I love this design, by the way. I love this because this is from JHS. I do too. This is from their, like, Legends of Fuzz series of pedals. They did a bunch of these, including some, you know, Big Muff clone, a Big Muff clone. Um, and they put these in these cool wedge enclosures. And they got the cool knobs at the front. You can see there it says volume and expand. And it's a cool design. I love this design. Yeah, and then on the side, you have a mode and a tone. The tone is from the original circuit. So the Univox Superfuzz had this cool thing where you can cut out. If you hit the tone, it cuts out all the mid frequencies, almost all of them. And it makes this very cool, very distortion-like sound. And I love it. I, what I really like to do is I like to turn on the tone and I love to, after then, post crank up the mids back just a tiny bit because I feel like, because the tone off, it has too many mids for me and I don't, you know, and you can't really subtract them. I don't know why. It, you, it's not very easy to just subtract the mids that are on there. But if you take off the mids and then add them again afterwards, it sounds fine. Uh, now, the mode is a JHS addition. It's a mod to this circuit. And it adds a gate to it, which makes it, uh, I don't know how to word it. it. It makes it sound a bit more ring modulator-esque, which this pedal doesn't really need it, you know, because this thing, if you crank up the expand the expand knob all the way, it sounds like a ring modulator all the way. It sounds so crazy and so much fun. And, Weird. But the the gate really just sort of, it, it, makes, it, it makes it so that the, you know, it, Makes it a bit more square wavy. That's the only real comparison I can think of. And I love it. It's a great, and not to mention, it just looks awesome. It looks so cool just sitting there. I would love to get all of the Legends of Fuzz series of pedals because they're all, they all look and sound great. But uh, I got this one for Christmas, so. And then, uh. Yeah, I remember you before Christmas, like, man, I just want to go downstairs and open my gifts. I know they're pedals. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, so. Big flex. This is another JHS pedal. This one is based upon one of the effects that I would, I always wanted this effect. I finally have it. And this is the one Jacob was talking about where it was so hard for me not to go downstairs and just open it up and start playing it, which is the JHS Unicorn. And it's a Univibe. I'll hold it there for Austin to take the picture. It is a uh, Thank you. Univibe. And Univibe is basically a phaser, um, but a very light phaser. And it uses this particular circuit, uses lights. Univibes use light to do it. So they have a bulb with oh, a photo. Opto, huh? Opto yeah, circuits. It's opto. It has a light with four 
photo sensors on it and it sort of just toggles in between those and it puts it in and out of phase depending on those and uh it that it's a fact that Jimi Hendrix you originally it was it was created by I don't know actually I don't know the company that made it um I'm sure but um it was made by this Japanese guy and he wanted to get the effects the sound of a Hammond organ rotary speaker and it didn't do that. Mm. It did it. If you really were going to compare this thing to that and sort of like, if you were going to rate this thing based upon how well it did that, it'd be awful. But what it, the sound it did make was amazing. The sound it made, was so cool. And it, it really was a predecessor to the modern phaser. If you, in fact, the MXR, which is the same company made the blue box, they made the phase 90 and you can actually get a good univibe tone out of that. A good one, not a perfect one. This one gets it perfect. And hmm. it's so good. And it has some cool stuff on it. It has, you know, it has tap tempo. So I can tap in whatever tempo I need. And then you can have it, you see there, if you have it there, it does it at an eighth. Or it does it, it's it like, let's say I tap it in like, you know, 120. It's going to go a fourth. It's going to go like the standard 120 at this point, And then it'll go twice the speed of it. So, you know, I don't know what the word is for that, but you can have it set to exactly 120 or twice the speed of 120, the 16th, I guess. I think that's... You mean double time? Yeah, you can go in a double time with the ratio on it, and you can pick some cool in-between spots with it. And then Hmm. uh, you can... From there, you can even... You can continue to set the speed. So, you know, it's got very customizable stuff. has depth and volume, which is, you know, basic for that. Excuse me. And then um, another thing about Univibe is it has the rare, where the word vibe comes from. If you, It has a little... You see there it says dry and wet. It has a little toggle switch. Dry is when you mix the dry signal, and that's what gets you the cool phaser sound. And on the original Univibe, this was called Chorus, and it's what Jimi Hendrix used. And wet gives you a vibrato, which is awesome to use. I love using it sometimes, you know, but I prefer the dry. And it's a, and you can have a, if you have an expression pedal, you can plug it up and have it, because the original Univibe had a expression pedal hooked up to it that was used to control the speed. And so if I was to have an expression pedal, I could plug it up to that and have it act like a Univibe's speed control, which is really awesome. And yeah, and uh, I got one more. It's not very crazy i don't need to pull it up or anything it's the big muff green russian which is uh another big muff design it's a little you can get it into some more heavy overdrive territory if you back up a bit on this on the fuzz control but uh it's nothing really too you know crazy that i'd have to show it in everything but it's a it was another christmas gift um now dang i went on about that and there's still more um so I got the SM57. That's uh, pretty self-explanatory. Love this mic. Been using it on my amps and stuff now. And I got a little mini boom stand for it. Uh, you can't see it right now, but it's a middle, short little boom stand. It's nothing crazy. It's for the amps. Um, I got some uh, I got some neon. I mean, the, the hoodie I'm wearing. You can see it in the pictures, the Misato hoodie. I got some Evangelion stickers which uh, if Austin puts the picture up on screen, I put them on my Strat. 
And so I got I got I picked out the two ones that looked the least weird because there were some weird ones in there I didn't want on there, you know. But I I picked the ones out that seemed the most normal. And so for people who watch the show, you got the one of the character Tumbling Ray down, on the pit. Down, <laughs> you got the character down. you got the character Ray on the pit guard, and then you got the uh, unit one sticker on the actual body near the I put it in those two spots because those are the spots where my hands hit the least you know so I didn't want to there's a little risk of them getting all picked away and everything what sucks though is that Ray has a bubble on it there's bubbles up under the both of them what kind of strat do you use it's a squire affinity squire that's why yeah but um squire strat yeah but yeah no I love using that I got I love using that strat though it's my currently my favorite guitar and um it's it's running it's great but um, I want to get like a bright orange uh, like Fender Strat one day. Oh, I love the bright. I would love to get a bright orange one, but uh, because I like got that yeah, one. I don't see like I don't see people use them that often. So like, well, nah. this is like Billy Corgan. People, uh, funny enough, know. Billy Corgan had one, but he painted over it, and then it got stolen, and then he found it again like two or three <laughs> years ago. But, I remember um, that. I remember you telling yeah, us about. that. I told you all about. See, that. I want to like. I want a guitar where, like, if people were to see me, like, let's say, like, I kind of, like, I make it one day, like, I'm on stage and stuff. I want people to see that guitar. It's like, whoa, that's, like, the Jacob guitar. Like, he's known for that, if that makes any sense. That's why I don't want to get, like, an exact replica of, like, oh, let's get Tom DeLonge's guitar. Because, like, well, then he's just using Tom DeLonge's guitar. He's not using his own thing, you know? It, that's I don't know if that sounds dumb or not. But, like, that's my thought process. No, I get I get. That's why I put the stickers on it, man. I kind of... Would love to sort of be on stage and people are like, oh, yeah, there's Dave. On, that's Coker's thing. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, Check this out right now. Here's the uh, ES-333 I want to get. Or 335. And that's why I want to get this one specifically because I think it looks really cool. Yeah. I have I have a uh, 335 clone called the Delta Blues OE-30. And it's all black and it looks really nice. But I could have gotten it in that color. Anyways, um, anything else you got, Coker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a copy of the book Jaws, like the original book of the movie's based on. Uh, I got some... Oh, yeah, the Big Muff I got for Christmas and the... Uh, oh, I got... This is another thing. My parents got me something for Christmas. I got a... Uh, let me... Actually, I'll get it because it's right here. I can put it in the pit. You want to sell me a dis? Do you want to give me a distortion pedal now, Coker? Uh, I'm sure you have plenty. I got the, my mom got me a Boss Multi Effects unit. Whoa! What? Why yeah, do your parents dude. love you all what? of a sudden? How do you have so much cool stuff? Dude, I know they. Uh, she got me this off of Sweetwater, and I got Wait, to keep so, the candy from it. So, dude, that's like the best part of it. Like, I don't even want the freaking uh, pedal. <laughs> Yo, Bruh. how much? What? Wait, what is that called again? I want to look it up. It's the Boss COSM. Yeah, Boss. and it's awesome. I love it. I love See? using it. It's so Doesn't smooth. that have MIDI control? No, I don't think it does. I don't know. It has a USB thing where you can, like... Well, that'd be like USB out, so use that as an interface. I need a Boss and... Uh, there it is. It's the uh, Boss ME80. Yeah, the Boss ME80. And it's it's three hundred bucks, dude. Your parents spoiled yeah, you, man. I know, dude. You know what I got uh, for Christmas? What socks? 
Actually, no, that's not true. <laughs> I, I didn't get anything cool. I didn't, you, I didn't get you a said freaking... that like you were about to, like there was more to it. You were like, socks. Uh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I was trying to come no, up with more. Like, I got oh, no. Yeah. No, but um, they I got, got me, shirts. I got both of that from, I got the Big Muff, the NYC Big Muff and the uh, Boss multi-effects thing from Sweetwater. That's where they got it from. That thing is cool. And uh, yeah, no, I love it. And uh, it's got some a lot of cool stuff. If it is a MIDI control, I'm gonna love using it because you know. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I already love using it. But dude, I remember there was this one pedal we talked about. I think it was similar, but it was it was by Zoom. I, I need to look into that again. But yeah, no, I know and I'm really, about it. I'm really happy to have all this stuff, you know. And um, I'm definitely not gonna waste any of it. It's gonna all go to use. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. That's all I got for Christmas. <laughs> You know, um, if I can think, uh, got some sunglasses, I think, and I got a, okay, how about this? Get this. All right. I got a manscaped bundle for Christmas, like a whole, it was like a shower bag, you know, a toiletry bag that had just a bunch of like manscaped products in it. And I got, and so now I have like a girl beard. Yeah. I mean, I got a, I got an old fashioned safety razor. I haven't used it. I need to use it. I've already used it a couple times, but I need to shave. But um, it's one of those old-fashioned ones where you got to load up the razor blade in it. Like, you know, that's great. Though. I love using it. But um, that's it. That's all I got for Christmas. Or not, you know what I mean. That's everything. Well, I did get one more Christmas gift a day early. Somebody sent the 8-Bit Drummer a link to my Thomas and Friends Megalovania mashup video. And he drummed over it on stream. And then he that. uploaded it as a stream highlight clip to his YouTube channel. And he loved it. He was laughing his head off the entire time. And uh, it's funny because, like, it starts off and, like, he's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be good. And then it, it goes to the beat drop and he just starts laughing his head off. He just laughs for, like, he just laughs for five or ten seconds. And it's also kind of funny. At one point, his laugh kind of times up with the music. You know how the Thomas and Friends like the, theme uh, goes. Uh, the Thomas and Friends theme goes. Dun, 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 And he was like. That was the Weave music guy. <laughs> but yeah, um, that got me a few new views and subs. And one of those views and subs actually happened to be Sudger and Afro. Yeah, dude. Now he oh, follows me on was... SoundCloud, and now he follows you, he subscribed to you on YouTube. Which, like, uh, I was like, all right, real, recognize, real, let's go, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I still say, like, my favorite Thomas and Friends fan work ever, period, is his traveling theme. Because it legit sounds like something out of the classic show. Yeah, no, I love Sudger and Afro stuff. No, how about, okay, how about t I got some money from Christmas, like from people from Christmas, and I ended up using it today, so now I own the Mellotron Arturia VST thing. <laughs> because why not? It's great. I get, to I get to record fart samples and load them up in there and get them played through a Mellotron, so it's awesome. Dude, let's just get it like an actual, like, Mellotron. Dude, we can do it when, when you guys all move up in here. I'm not moving to Kansas or wherever you live. Listen, Austin could. Austin could literally come up here. He literally lives below me. I really could, man. I've been thinking about it. 
Um, we'll talk about that later, though. Um, for real. Anyways, uh, okay. Austin's moving to California. Next, Sorry. Next topic. So, Coker and Jacob rejoice in the fact that their amplifiers work correctly. Mine do not. I have two amplifiers. One of them is a little tiny uh, PV practice amp that I got with my guitar. It comes in, you know, it came in like one of those uh, first guitar bundles, you know, that comes with like a, a guitar, a gig bag, a strap, three picks, always three, no more, no less. They always come with three. A cheap little cable that broke within two weeks of me having it and an amp, an eight inch amp. And I really enjoyed that amp. It's a, called the PV Backstage 2. And um, about a year or so, no, not a year, more at this point, it'd be more like a year and a half or two years ago, the speaker just busted. And uh, now it's extremely touchy to where I can barely get any sort of tone out of it that's worth using without it being clouded with noise. And there's a sound that it makes I like to call the thunder sound. It sounds like it's just crackling apart. Like, it sounds like the speaker is literally tearing in half when you uh, turn it up above a certain volume level. And, like, the only way that I was able to record with it was I would have to have the volume on the amp, like, below two. And I had to have the tone on my guitar all the way down. If I so much as turn the tone anywhere above zero, it would go and it would bring on the static sound. Mm. Not the not the thunder sound. The thunder sound is when I turn the amp up too much. And it didn't matter whether I had the overdrive circuit on the amp on or not. It would do that. It would do those things. I actually have a recording here of like how bad the noise, the static noise is. I didn't get the thunder sound recorded. I should have, but anyways, there's a... If you guys want to listen, it's in the pinned messages right above the 8-bit drummer thing. I'm listening. So yeah, that's um, how it sounds. Okay, how about you guys? So is that about, noise? Like, it almost sounds like you're like using a distortion or something. Yeah, it does. But it's just like, I don't know. Anyways, what do you want to say, Goger? So how about the other day I forgot. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, the other day, I just forgot. No. Nah. Yo, all right then, all right. If you think of it, we'll bring it up later. But um, all right, three things. We'll knock out three topics at once here. Jacob has three ear listening device thing topics that he wants to talk about. One is the Ultimate Ears custom fit. The other, the next is... uh. Oh, hang on. That's the same thing. That's also Ultimate Ears. But the other thing he wanted to talk about was the Apple AirPod Maxes. So please and tell us about both of those. But we already talked about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, go on. Okay, so I'm going to start with Apple AirPod Maxes. 
So obviously we're a little late to the game at this point. So if you if you want to go into more in depth videos about it, I recommend doing that in your own time. Uh, if you if you want uh, recommendations, I really recommend going to Snazzy Labs and watching his because he's an he's an actual audio file. So I would recommend his video on it. I would recommend Dank Pod's video on it, who is also an audio file. Uh, maybe a little less, but yeah, they're both audio files. And then Linus Tech Tips for a more casual experience. But basically, there I please send links to all of those videos. Hang on, I will. AirPod Max, Air, Air AirPod Air Max. Sorry, I'm I'm oh, losing I, it. Uh, okay, uh, so sorry, they are five hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, you want to go? Or should I go? No, you go. You go. Though I was just saying, I remembered. All right, let me let me finish real quick. So they're they're basically they're all metal. They're an all metal design, uh, and they're mostly controversial for the price and their terrible carrying case, which has been discovered that you don't actually really need it to you know keep the power from dying. So uh, you don't have to worry about it. But basically, they're five hundred fifty dollars. They're all metal. Uh, but the whole synopsis, the whole thing about it is they're actually a little more comfortable than you think. They're obviously elegant, uh, you know, well-built because it's Apple. And they sound decent. They sound pretty good. They don't sound... You could probably get better headphones or for, you know, less. You know, you get the 650s. They sound fantastic. But people were kind of surprised that they sound pretty good. But still, for the price, don't recommend it. Now, I now I want to talk about the Ultimate Ears UE Fit. Uh, I'm, st I'm now starting to realize how long it's been since we actually last recorded. Uh... Long story short, they're, they are wireless earbuds, kind of like AirPods, except they have one fancy feature. Now, we I'm sure we've talked about Shure headphones or like the ultimate ears where uh, you have to go to an audiologist and they put cream in your ears. Ooh, cream. Uh, they make molds out of your ears and then you send them back to them. So they make custom ear tips and they send it to you. Uh, it's what most musicians use on stage. You know, good old Tom DeLonge, I'm sure Billy Corgan, Adam, all of them. Imagine dragons, you name it. Uh, but now they made a new line of products called the Ultimate uh, Ears, uh, I think UE Fits. And they are like AirPods, except instead of having to get molds made of your ears, they actually do it at your house. As in, uh, they come with a uh, an ear tip that's kind of like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say a gel, uh, but basically you can stick them in and they can kind of help mold around your ear. And whenever you get it to be nice and comfortable and they, they fit good, you press the button on the app, amp, app, talk too much about amps, and they will actually kind of heat up and, and there's a light in there that basically molds it into place. Uh, so I think what's what's happening is it's using a light, probably UV light or something to kind of heat them up and then boom, they make the mold for you. That's why they say keep it out of the sun until you're actually ready to uh, make the molds. And you have like custom fitting uh, headphones that, or earphones that fit good. So I got them. I made a video on them. I'm still working on that video. Uh, I was not impressed. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I was so excited when I found out these existed because I don't know if we've talked about this. I have trouble finding ear uh, earphones that fit in my ears because my right ear specifically, the ear canal is so small. Nothing fits in there, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, I had problems with my AirPods. I had problems with my Samsung Galaxy Buds when I had them. Uh, it's just it's just a big problem all in all. And I thought getting these would eliminate that problem, uh, but I don't think it did. In fact, I think these were a little worse. Uh, I, I feel like it, although not that bad, 
it would still get loose even in my left ear after walking. Oh, uh, just weird because my AirPods don't do that at all. Like, it, it fits snug in my left ear. I don't have to ever worry about my AirPods in my left ear. Uh, and I'm just not impressed with the sound. Like, the sound was boomy. Uh, and and I, I needed to turn on an EQ preset to bring the volume up. Otherwise, they sounded too quiet. And they're cheaply, in my opinion, they're kind of cheaply built. I don't like the way it's built. I guess the earphones themselves are okay. Uh, but the case is ridiculously cheap. Like, that's probably going to break in like a year. Um, I don't like, I'm not the biggest fan of the way they look and they don't auto pause. They doesn't have ANC or transparency mode. And it's just for the same price of, of AirPods, you're missing out on a lot of features. So actually I, I literally just did this yesterday, which is weird. So I got them like two weeks ago. I sent a, I sent the, uh, you know, you can, you can tell them like, yo, here's how it fits. When you get the app, it's like, all right, you've been using them. How's it fit? I was like, it doesn't fit really good. And they're like, all right, uh, send us pictures of your ears with them on, and uh, we'll see where we'll go from there. So I did, and now I'm just going to wait for that. Any questions? Do you got that. Do you think maybe you might have done the molding wrong? Yeah, I'm glad you asked so the audience doesn't. I don't think so. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I'm willing to bet that there is a chance I did just mess up the molds myself. Uh, I don't mean to say that the ultimate ear's fault. I'm not going to fault them for not fitting in my ear because, uh, in theory, on paper, they should fit in my ears way better than, like, AirPods. Uh, so I either messed up the molds or maybe my expectations aren't as, or, or higher than they should be for, uh, earphones. Uh, but I just want earphones where I can, like, work out and stuff, even though I don't work out, but I want to work out, uh, where I don't have to worry about it falling out of my ear. I work out. Hmm. So, if I get new ear tips, uh, maybe I can uh mold them and then maybe i'll be happy with the result afterwards but it doesn't change the, my other complaints with it Cause keep in mind they're like 250 bucks the case is ridiculously cheap and not uh and uh, the the earphones themselves i don't know what material they are they're obviously plastic but they just oh man they are really prone to f uh, smudges um not a fan of uh sorry uh, again, no ANC, no transparency mode. Not having transparency mode, I think, is a big deal because then you can't have both of them in your ear. Because with like AirPods and or Galaxy Buds and stuff, like I can have both in my ear. Like, oh, I need to like, cause I I work in a warehouse. Like, there's forklifts and stuff going around. I can't I can't be wearing both of them at the same time if I can't really hear what's going on around me. So that uh, that blew those as being work headphones way out of the water immediately. Wait, what do you um, mean you can't have them on at the, both of them on at the same time? What do you, I don't understand what you're saying. Because I'm saying at work because I work in a warehouse now. Uh, you know, there's like forklifts and there's like machinery and stuff. Um, so I, you know, I can't have both of them in my ear because it's kind of dangerous. What if I don't hear someone like about to run me over? Then you can't. You know, if you go into accessibility mode on your phone, you can set it to mono, right? Huh? I'm not saying I. If you, yeah, if you, if I, I, I'm not saying I. I'm just saying I can't have both of them in my ear at work because I, I don't have transparency mode. So I know I can obviously just take one out of my ear, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying because you don't get that option, you're I'm forced to wear just one in my ear. What is transparency mode? It basically there's like, there's onboard mics on the headphones. The AirPods have them. Oh, uh, so it, yeah. Basically okay, now, now I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Now, I, I, I am going to be honest with you. I don't really wear, like, even with my AirPods, I don't wear both in my ear. Uh, but that is a, most of it because, um, again, like, I don't want to worry about it slipping out of my right ear. But that is another part of it. It's like, you know what? I don't want to risk it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't need both in my ear at work. It's kind of like it's kind of like a Bluetooth, you know what I mean? It's like I take plenty of phone calls with it, and then I listen to music when I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, all right, Coker, go ahead. Here is Coker's featured artist of the week. All right, so oh, let's go. We almost forgot about that. Yeah. So, uh, listen, did I bring up Fishman's last time? I don't think so. All I right. think you uh, might have. <laughs> Who do you got? I doubt I did because I never said any. Who do you got though? Is it is, is it fish, is, Fishman's that yeah, you want to bring up? Fish, Fishman's. Yeah. So there's this. Okay. So there's this band uh, that I've been listening to. I've listened to them for years and years on end, but uh, I've gotten back into them recently, and it, it's this group called Fishman's. And uh, I always thought it was fish men's, but uh, it's fish man's actually, which is weird. But um, basically, fish man's is this group from Japan who they're very, uh, they started off as a dub band, which is basically reggae for people who don't know. And the whole idea. Well, with okay, it, it's not. It, it's not completely one hundred percent reggae, but it's yeah, close. yeah. But it's think think about it. People aren't gonna sit there, you know. That's the closest sound most people are gonna know. Yeah, like let's be real. So yeah, and so they started off as a dub band, and they formed in nineteen eighty seven. But their first album came out. Believe it or not, actually came. They're older than Nirvana by a month, by a couple months. But their album came. The first album came out in. Uh, they made demos in the mid 80s, you know, but their first album came out in May 21st, 1991. Uh, so technically, they're really not before Nirvana. They're, you know, before their second album, you know, but um, they, uh, and it was called Chappie Don't Cry. And it's a great, it's a good dub album, but it's not people who are Fishman's fans don't consider it the best one. Uh, they can fact they consider all their dub albums to be their worst, you know, not bad, but they're not as good. It's formed. It was formed by Shinji Sato, Kenichi Motegi, and Yusuru Kas. <laughs> I always mess up pronouncing this guy's last name, Yusuru Kashiwabara, and these three guys. Well, they they had other guys, but these are the three big guys. Uh, they were the main guys. They're the only people who stuck through the band throughout its whole history, and. Their first couple albums were good, you know, until eventually after their after one of their albums called O Mountain came out, the uh the rest of the members left, leaving uh Kenichi, Yuzuru, and Shinji on their own. Shinji is the vocalist and he is or he was, uh they he's probably one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Because like his voice, he has this weird because he doesn't have a high pitched voice, but he has this like very childlike voice whenever he sings, and it's amazing. He does such a good job of, you know, putting on this very sort of peaceful setting for the music. Uh, but 
To continue, basically the other members left in 1995, leaving Shinji, Yuzuru, and Kenichi on their own. It's the same time they were signed to Polydor Records. And their first album called Kuchu Camp, which uh, is Japanese for Ariel, so it's Ariel Camp, um, had a song on it called... It's the last sort of dub album that they made. And it sort of marks the sort of transition between their dub music to their most famous sound, which is dream pop. And not shoegaze, but dream pop. And... It was around the same time that they began to get inspired by American hip-hop music and electronic music, and it really shows on Kuchu Camp. And they had a song on it called Baby Blue, which actually became a very... It's their most popular song currently. And it was such a popular song that it's actually... It was responsible for Kuchu Camp getting issued on vinyl, which is the only Fishman's album when they were still around to have been issued on records. And... It's a fantastic album, but continuing with the history, they they listened to the album when it was done, and they thought to themselves, you know, the sound is so consistent, they thought that it almost sounded like one song with eight pieces in it. And that inspired them to create an album called Long Season, which literally is one song with five parts in it. It's a 38-minute song that's one album. And this is their most famous album. It's the one that's most talked about by people. It's the most infamous. And it is probably, in my opinion, I think critically it's their best work. It's not my favorite, but I will say from a critical standpoint, it is their best album. Because it's just so, it's everything in it works together. You don't, it's not like a Pink Floyd song where you have to get in the right mood to listen to it. You can put it on in the background. You can put it on and attentively listen to it. It doesn't matter. You can listen to this and you will, if you sit down, you will finish it. Because it's just an amazing album and technically song. And then they're, I'm talking about these three albums because they're their big three albums. Um, and then my favorite album of theirs is their last studio album from 1997 called Uchu Nippon Setagaya. And um, this, the whole theme of this album, I can, at least from what I can pick up, because you got to remember this band's from Japan, so all the songs are in Japanese. The, the theme I can pick up from this album with the name of the songs is Travel. And uh, the, name roughly tr- the name roughly translates to Space Japan Setagaya, Setagaya being a city in Japan near Tokyo. And... The album has a lot of, like I said, songs about what's about, you know, traveling and about going from place to place. It's around this same time as well that they actually were able to get their own studio. This is, you know, this is how much money these guys were making. They, they were able to for- get their own studio and they recorded, they recorded, they recorded their first two albums with Polydor in there, but this is the big one because this is also the first album they did with Pro Tools, and this was 1997, so it's really rough Pro Tools. I know how much Jacob hates it, so I'm not going to dwell on it, but yeah, they recorded with Pro Tools, and it's a fantastic album. Uh, if you guys want to listen to it, my favorite song, I would say, the two songs to listen to are In the Flight and Magic Love, Magic Love being the first single from the album. And it's just fantastic. It's a fantastic album with a lot of songs about like uh, existential issues. And like, for example, In the Flight is a really great song 
which is basically about the idea that you don't, you can sort of say like, oh yeah, I'll be this place in 10 years, but you really don't know. It's about that sort of thing where people act like they know when in reality it's sort of a lie, you know, nobody really knows how they're going to be. And it's called in the flight because the only thing you can hope in the flight is the phrase in the flight is basically a, a metaphor for life, like living your life. And so like one of the lyrics is like, uh, if I can remember it right, cause I've only really listened to the read, the translated version is something like, I hope that you can protect us while we're in the flight, something like that. And which is basically sort of saying like, Oh yeah, I hope, you know, stay safe. I hope everything works out for you, which is, it's a fantastic album, but their most famous album aside from long season is an album called 98-22-28, which is, you know, December 28th, 1998. And it's a, I'm going forgive me for mispronouncing this, Otokotachi no Wakare, which means a man's farewell. And it's, this is their last live show that they did. And so th- to put you in the space with this, the bassist was about to leave. The... The label, apparently, there's some stories that say the label is about to drop them. And only a couple months after they the album was released, only a couple sorry, only a couple months after the concert, the lead singer Shinji Sato passed away. And this was their last live album. This is the last live show they ever did. And it basically it the name A Man's Farewell really works. It's the perfect title for this album because it really is. And I've I made a tweet about this. It's the, it is the literal, like musical version, of you know it's the musical version of when, uh you know two heroes in a story, you know, have conflict and they they, you know, break up from each other. You know, like one says, "Oh, I don't want to work with you anymore." The other says, "Yeah, I don't want to work with you either." And they both split apart. And at the end of the story to finish everything off, they come back together and have one last show that is their grand finale. It's the musical version of that. And because they go back, they play one song from every single album, they bring back the dub sound, and they completely, some of the versions of these songs are better than the ones that are on their albums. For example, In the Flight. I love In the Flight from the album version, but the but the live version of it from this album is so like heavy and so just in your face and it's amazing and they segue into walking in the rhythm which is also from the same album which is it's perfect and it, it's it people so for example it, it got fishman's got recognition from a website called rate your music and that website this album is the number one highest rated live album on that website and rate your music isn't a small website, so that's a big thing. You know, it's the and many people to this day still consider it the greatest live album ever made. And I I can attest that I think it is too. Because not only did they play one song from every single album, they also played long season to follow because you know, to follow that rule, they'd have to play one song from live season. But the problem is lot or not long live season, I'm sorry. Um, they'd have to play one song from every album. And in order to do that, they'd have to play one song from long season. 
But the problem is that Long Season is one song. So they end off the show with the entire album being performed live in front of everybody. And it's it's completely, it's one of the greatest albums that you've, you know, it turned, the album turned 22 uh, or back in December. And I remember there's a Discord server where a bunch of fans and they literally live streamed it for the day. And I was in there and it was, it was amazing. It's such a good album. And there's a film of it too that they released in 2005. And it, and I'm just saying, I think, you know, I know Jacob and, you know, Austin, I know you guys have, well, not more Jacob than Austin. I know you guys have different music tastes for me, but I think if there's one album that I would love for you guys to listen to of something that is my taste, it would be this live album because it is, it's more than a live album. It, I feel like it's unfair to call Uchu Nippon Setagaya the last Fishman's album because it's the last studio album because I think that this is the true, because it's more, it, it, it goes beyond a live album because of its quality, because of how good it is. It, I feel like it's just more of just an album on its own rather than just a live album. And it's amazing. It, I'm just, to end it all off, this band is amazing. They're one of my favorites. And uh, I actually own the vinyl of uh, that one album, Kuchu Camp, that I was telling you guys about. And yeah, that's why I've wanted to feature them on this because they are amazing, you know? Well, by all means, then, please send a link to that live album and we will put that in the description. I, uh, I think you need a YouTube premium subscription to listen to it, but I'll try to find one that isn't, you, you know, under their thing. <laughs> I hate to say that because I love this band. I would love for them to get money, but their albums are YouTube premium exclusive on their actual channel. So, <laughs> yeah. The only uh, Fishman song that I know is called Backbeat Ninokyate or something like that. Yeah, that's one of their albums. Uchinipan Sidagaya. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that is from. Yeah, no, because uh, there was a guy who used to be. the. Okay, I'll show you how. I'll tell you guys how I got introduced. There's this person. They're out there. They might be watching this because they were friends with us. If they are watching this right now, Kiwi, thank you so much for introducing me to this band because they're the reason that I. They're the reason that I'm into this band so much. Because they well, introduced it long to me. Season. We got the link to that's long, long season. season. Yeah, you can. That's I'm putting the three out. I'm putting Uchu Nippon Setagaya long season and uh, the live album because those are just my favorite. Those are because long season's their best studio album. Uh, obviously, uh, their final their live album is one of their. In fact, no, I won't leak. I'm not leaking to the. Uh, I won't link to the. Uh, live album i'll link to the video because the the video of the show is on youtube and there is timestamps apparently so you can actually just you know follow along it's it is a good bit longer i think than the album but uh you know it has all the songs in it it's the same quality as the audio and then um i'll send uchi nippon setagaya because that's my favorite album of theirs it, it, i think you know i think though I think they're one of the artists that you got to hear before you die. You know, they are, it's, it's just, they're one of those artists that their music, it has, cause the thing is it has a lot of, you'll hear it when you listen, Austin, there's a lot of hip hop influence on these, especially with the drums. You can hear it. it it's a, it's, I'm trying to find the word. I'm trying to find my words. I'm getting 
stammered on stuff, but it's 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 they're one of the best examples I can think of of how of how rock and you know because they 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 said in interviews and stuff they considered themselves a rock band uh, of how rock and hip hop can come together. I think the only thing that might even come close to their level of doing it would be gorillas, which is really saying something, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, we have a problem though. Cause I don't think there's, there is no version. There is no reupload. I was somehow having to, this is the official YouTube playlist. So unless you got YouTube premium, you're probably not going to be able to watch it, but Austin knowing you, you're probably going to look it up on Spotify anyway. Well, Thank you very much for sharing that. We're about to the end of this episode. We've been recording for a very long time. Obviously, there's a lot that we wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. However, before we end this episode off, there's something that we got to discuss. Jacob, I got beef, all right? Okay, what's up? You seriously started a competing creative collective... <laughs> To my own hashtag collab bro collective. <laughs> Listen, no, 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 no. Don't say nothing, Austin, because look, I had, I had, I had Willie Records. I had, which was, a, which was renamed from, what? it was a renaming of Old Iron Records. I had Old Iron Records and I renamed it to Willie Records and Jake was a part of that. That was, I had a creator collective before you did. Jacob can back me up on that. I don't remember. You don't remember that. You're on the compilation that we made. We made a compilation <laughs> album with old Iron Records stuff. <laughs> and you're really? and the what? only two artists were you and me. Hearing, this is the first yes. I've ever heard of this. The only two artists were you and me. Go to my... You can still find the Coker 0415 stuff that I upload with Root Note. Go on there and you will see in the description it says, We're distributed by Old Iron Records. Well, that doesn't have... Well, that's just a record label anyways. That's not a creative collective. Is it? I feel I somewhat know. justified in questioning that. I, I can't find anyways, Coker 0415. Okay, can I explain <laughs> myself? You you can try. So I didn't I didn't know the difference. I didn't know what a what a I don't I don't I don't I don't even I still don't quite understand what a collective is. And uh, Drake was like, yo, let's do this. I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's going to be ours, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I'm like, okay. And then they're like, all right, I made our accounts. Here's the login. Here's the password. You can go and do your own thing. I'm like, okay. I have not logged in once. (laughs) And I haven't even, like, I haven't engaged with it at all other than, like, reposting it. And it's not me trying to be like, yo, I, I hate you, Michael Drake. This is like revenge or something. This is just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I just release music to release it, you know? I want to be, oh I want to get big. That's it. Listen to this. I just found this while looking through it. This is the first time Jacob ever featured on anything of it. Let's go. Listen to it. It's so bad. What, what am I listening out to? Just the song in general? Skip to... Just listen to the mixing job. Oh, I'm listening to your vocals. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's better than dreaming from scratch. Actually, that's not true. I see no exist. sign of old Iron Records. But anyways, um, so when we started oh, this collective... Oh, I remember this. I remember this era of Coker. This was when he hated using kick drums. Yeah. So what was he using? He just wasn't having a kick drum in his songs. 
But I'm hearing a kick drum. Skip to no, skip to 39 seconds into that song and listen to the mixing I did on Jacob. <laughs> All right, I'm Damn. here. I love the noise where you're this like, is not good. End, like at the end, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know me back then, dude, back then I was stiff. I was still trying to do like my Tom, the like you hear it in Dreaming from scratch. Like you, you could tell my influence from Blink-182 because I, I would still like occasionally try to sound like Tom. So I'm like, it's okay. And then you redid this song like a month later. No, and on the bottom of the ocean, I go like, on the bottom of the ocean, like that's me like trying to copy Tom when I do that. Yeah, no, and then I redid it <laughs> I again. Lie. I redid it again on the uh, the last, uh, well, no, was it the last sweet, the last sweet Tuesday album had a redid version of it that was actually <laughs> decent. What a song! You're hurting is one of my. I will say that recording of it um, sucked, but that you're hurting is always one of my favorite songs that I've written. Because I think it, because it's really like thinking about it, it's kind of impressive that I wrote that song when I did. Yeah. Um. What's funny too is way too. I, I know Twenty Hearts has been like on such a hiatus, and it seems like it'll never come out. But I, I, I think it'll come out one day. And the the only yeah. song I've worked on so far, um, what's it called? I can't remember what I called it. Um. <laughs> you'll hear the Blink influence. You'll hear it. <laughs> You'll, yeah, you'll you guys it. will. It's gonna be a good song, though. I think it's gonna be a good song when it finally Wait, hold comes up. out. What are what are you talking about? Twenty Hearts. This uh, our pop punk project. Coker and I are trying oh. to work on. Oh, okay. It's a work in progress. Um, yeah, go to go to what a strange dream. That album that I did that has you're hurting on it. That has a redone version of it. Does it? Hang All on. right. Yeah, I redid it. I went, it went from like being like bitter Monday. It went from being like the opposite of Tuesday is Thursday. Everybody who says <laughs> everybody who wants to come with the opposite of sweet Tuesday says says ah, ha, ha, sour Monday. I'm like the opposite of Tuesday is Thursday. It's not Monday. No, it's not. The opposite of Monday is Friday. Thursday. The opposite Thursday. of Monday no is Friday. Sense. The opposite of Wednesday no doesn't exist. The opposite of Tuesday is Thursday. No. No, I'm pretty sure the opposite of Tuesday is Saturday, my dude. I didn't ask for your opinion, Austin. I'm, I'm talking about I the facts. I agree with you, Austin. Am I on your hurting on the Sweet Tuesday edition? You shouldn't have to ask yourself that. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I? um, I wanted to announce that uh, that Sweet Tuesday officially joined my creative collaborative. Effort. Yeah, that's why it's the best Collab-bro. one. And you can too. Just uh, put hashtag collab bro in your bios all over social media, just like us. And thank you very much for watching and or listening I, to okay, this episode. Hang on. About that too. I don't mind putting it in my bio, but I don't want every song I release to go like, what a collab bro. <laughs> that's awful too bad man that's the rule imagine you're about to play <laughs> a melancholy song yeah. you're depressed no. and you want to listen to this beautiful piano <laughs> uh, ballad he's there what kill that bro those are the rules man <laughs> anyway we'll see you next episode uh, <gasps> bye which bye would be bye. in like three months because Coker does not ever want to record Listen, Jacob, it's I'm sorry I like to take a break from my family, alright?